<laughs> I'll sing the audio. I'll sing up the audio tracks. Okay, guys, welcome back to our channel. For those of you that are new, welcome to the shit show that is us. For those of you that Wing are returning, <laughs> for those of you that are returning, thank you for coming back. We really appreciate Spasiba. it. Oh my gosh, jeez. Anyways, yes. So this week, um, we're actually going to be talking about the case about a case that involves the lowest of the low scumbags of the earth. Wonderful. If you, yeah, if you will. So That's just what I wanted to hear. Yeah, it's it's it. I will say, trigger warning. It is kind of a gruesome case. So if that is not up your alley, or if that makes your stomach turn, um, this probably isn't the case for you. We've got plenty of others that you can go watch where you can still support us if you'd like. Um, but again, just wanted to start it with that trigger warning because it is. But you didn't tell me that. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So this one is my case. So you haven't read it, or no. she hasn't read it because I just finished it right before she got here. Exactly. But if it is a trigger warning for you, just. Let that be known. But before we get into that, my name is Natalie. I'm Erica, and this is Drunken True Crime. So before we get into it, we do have a few disclaimers. If you are new, listen up. If you've been here before, they're the same as they always are. So <laughs> one, we talk about true crime. Two, we drink. Three, we cuss. Four, you might see us laugh. That is because we are human and we're... Most of the time we're making fun of ourselves or we're making fun of the dirtbags that are in these stories, but never making we fun of the We are funny, victim. okay? We can't help it. <laughs> we think we are funny. We think we are funny. A lot, five people have thought we are funny too. That is true. <laughs> a solid five. A solid five. Two of them are sitting in this room. So. Exactly. <laughs> if any of those things don't turn you off, the disclaimers and the fact that this is gruesome, um, that we just went through or whatever then please stick around, grab a cocktail, come drink with us, and let's dive into this case. So cheers. Cheers, bitches. What cocktail are we drinking today? We are drinking a, we got to make a name up for it because. Carcass out. No, that's not awful. I know it's a, it's a a, a housewife's reference, right? Yeah, but you squeeze the lemon and you have the carcass out. Okay, carcass out is the name of the drink. It's a coconut drink. Carcass out. (laughs) Carcass out. It's a. It's basically what I had in the – I'm about to go to Vegas for a week, so there's nothing left in our fridge, so. Whatever we had in our fridge is what it's called. It's coconut water, vodka, and lime juice. Yum. Yeah. It's hydrating. With that being said, let's jump into the case. So Eric and I were texting, as we do all the as, time. As one does. <laughs> yeah. And um, she she had made a really good point. She was like, we need to cover a wider variety of cases. Mm-hmm. And she was absolutely right. As I went back and, like, looked at the cases that we covered – it, to be fully Most transparent, of it is all white. Yeah, it's it's all white people. Um, and so I was like, yeah, you're absolutely right. And so I started like looking into cases and stuff. I know we had already, you had already had some that you had wanted to cover mm-hmm. and stuff. And um, so as I was researching, I came across this like really alarming statistic that stood out to me. Mm-hmm. And it stated that Native American women are murdered and sexually assaulted at rates as high as ten times the average of the rest of the U.S. Which is Ten? why I said we should cover it. Because yes. I heard this and I heard a case about this. And I'm like, we we need to get the word out. We yeah. need to be diverse. We need, yeah. if, we're, if we're doing the Lord's work and getting the <laughs> name out there. Yeah. It's a disservice that we aren't covering cases like this. Right. And the, I think the most alarming thing about that statistic is that, okay, so 10 times more above the average. Right. But those crimes are committed 
by, not all the time, but they're mostly committed by people outside of their communities. Again, naturally, this sends me down a rabbit hole, Mm -hmm. as As one does. does. (laughs) Um, And I just wanted to give you a few statistics um, before we jump into the case, because this is an epidemic. It it really is an epidemic. And um, I've heard people talk about it from time to time, but I feel like if everyone knew what was really going on, Everyone feels like this should be a way covered. You're not way like more. alarmed until you actually read the statistics. Yeah, of like what these women go through. Exactly, and so that's what we're gonna do right here, right now. And they're called indigenous women, by the way. So okay, but this is from a. So the reason why I'm using the verbiage that I'm saying right now is because this is exactly how it came from the Article. um, articles and the research papers. So the statistics we're gonna talk about is 84 percent of American Indian or Alaska Native women, so that's approximately 1.5 million people, experience violence in their life. Indigenous... 84%. Yeah, 84 fucking percent. Indigenous women are two times more likely to experience rape and sexual assault. Murder is the third leading cause of death for Indigenous women. And then 5,712 American Indian or Alaska Native women and girls are missing, and only 116 of those were registered in the DOJ database. Only 116. So 5,712 women, or like women or girls, and only 116 of them are registered as missing. This makes me so angry. Right? This makes me so angry. It's an epidemic. It's a fucking epidemic. It is an epidemic. It is quite the problem. And no one is screaming from the rooftops. Exactly. And so, and I think it's just because they don't know. I didn't know. I mean, honestly, I would not have gotten into this if you hadn't have, like, brought that up to me. So, obviously, more needs to be done here. And so that's what we're doing. I know our channel is little, but every if everyone just does their part, I feel like the, I mean, honestly, the national media needs to be covering this, but. But they're not going to. No. But anyway, so um, at the end, we'll let you know how you can help and everything. But I guess as I was researching this, I came across a law. And in 2020, um, there was a law passed called Savannah's Act, which is helping to improve federal response to missing or murdered indigenous persons. And when I came across this law and figured out what it did and all the, uh, it's doing great things, but everything that happened because of this law, I took a step back and I wanted to figure out like what, what this law was about. Why, right. what is Savannah's act? Where did this stem Come, from? Yeah, Who did- is Savannah? And so that's what brings us to our case this week. And so this week we're going to be covering the case of Savannah LaFontaine Graywood. Okay. Yeah. It's a really sad one, but it. It needs to be told. It does. Savannah was born on August 9th, 1995 to Norberta and Joe in Belcourt, North Dakota. She was a member of the Spirit Lake Tribe, which is a federally recognized tribe based on the Spirit Lake Dakota Reservation in East Central North Dakota, and it sits right on the shores of Devil's Lake. So this tribe has approximately 7,300 members with around 4,500 actually living on the reservation. Okay. Now, Savannah grew up in Fargo, but in 2005, she actually moved to Spirit Lake. She attended and graduated from Warwick, North Dakota High School, which is where she met her boyfriend, Ashton. Now, they actually began dating their freshman year, and they were dating up until the time of her death. So they had been dating for seven years. Wow. Yeah, which I love me a good... High school love story. High school love story because you had one. Yes. So after high school, Savannah received her um, CNA, which is the 
uh, certified. certified nursing assistance license and she began began working at a nursing home and she wanted to specialize in elderly care which people who do that they have a special place in heaven because one it's so needed but it's such a hard job I personally couldn't do it and so given that that's my job I know I nice love little humble brag to you nice little humble brag <laughs> that's what I do well I don't like I'm not a CNA and I'm not a nurse I'm like um a community director so I actually like own the building and yeah run it but those those residents <laughs> they make me smile every day yeah. like some of the shit I can't make up with like the gossip and it's so high school but like those residents are just part of my heart yeah and we need more people like that in the world because I can't I couldn't do it's it it's like a population it's kind of like children like children have a niche in my heart because yeah. they're a vulnerable population yeah so are elderly people yeah I think you're right I think you just like hit the nail on the head you're you're you gravitate towards the vulnerable um that's great I think because my past experiences and me growing up as a vulnerable kid too I just resonate more with these these populations yeah Uh, anyway so Savannah had a heart of gold and she was an amazing person essentially is what that means (laughs) um at 22 Savannah's life seemed to be going great and she was on top of it. Like her and Ashton, her boyfriend of seven years, mm-hmm. were going to be parents of a little baby girl. Yes. Uh, That's I know. precious. It's so great. 22 was going to be her year. Yeah. Like age. It was until Can some shit. Can you imagine heads. yourself at 22 and having a kid? No, but my mom had three, so. Well, I mean, By we're then. not talking about my parent, our parents' time. We're talking about us. No, I can't imagine having a kid now. That's what I can't either. <laughs> I'm fucking though, 32. Back to the case. Those two were over the moon excited about this yes. news. Like Savannah absolutely loved children and actually helped raise her niece and her nephew. So everyone knew she was going to be like an excellent mother. I know. Uh, this breaks my heart. The more like you learn and hear about her and like hear her family and friends talk about her, it just like absolutely breaks my heart that... I mean, she seems like she's very family-oriented. She had everything go for her. And, you know, she's preparing for this, like, big chapter in her life. Yes, and they were so excited. I mean, so, so excited. Uh, And her boyfriend is just, like, salt of the earth. He's just an amazing guy. And, uh, I just – it breaks my heart that they couldn't have experienced parenthood together. But – Savannah was currently living with her parents and her brother in the basement apartment, but after her and Ashton found out that they were pregnant, the two decided to move in together. Mm-hmm. Although this would be very hard because Savannah and her family were extremely close, which so, I could gather just from like yeah, just reading to you. Yeah, exactly. Um, the couple uh, knew they were getting a place of their own was the best for them and their daughter. Yeah, so they definitely like they wanted to take this next step, and they were so excited about all of it. And oh, they would have been such great parents. Which the fact that like they're so independent and like they're not just. At 22. Like, we're just going to move into my parents' house and they're going to take care of the kid. Yeah, exactly. At 22. And they were, yeah, they were doing they all the things. They knew what was best for their kid at that point, And that just speaks volumes for this Yeah, couple. and they took the steps to, like, I think, and now don't, like, quote me on this, but I think Ashton actually worked out of town. Um, and so when he found out that she was pregnant, he completely, like, I mean, obviously he found a job first, but found a job closer to home so that they could actually live together and, mm-hmm. like, he would be around for the kid and he wanted to be traveling constantly, Aww. like, switch jobs, like, completely changed his life for this child. And he's just, ah, uh, he's just an amazing human. Now um, I'm going to bring it down because, however, sadly, the couple would never get this chance to move into their apartment. Wow, Natalie, thank you for bringing that into the script. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, yeah, it's true. And we were because just speaking of fucking, so highly of her and then I had to bring them down. I know. 
So fast forward to Saturday, August 19th of 2017. It was a beautiful sunny day and Savannah, who was eight months pregnant at the time, um, was actually just chilling, hanging out in her family's apartment. Um, Because again, she hadn't moved quite yet with Ashton. So she gets a knock on the door and it's their upstairs neighbor. What? Upstairs neighbor? What the fuck was that? Upstairs neighbor. (laughs) It was their upstairs. Don't cut that out. (laughs) I'm not. (laughs) Um, It was their upstairs neighbor, Brooke Cruz. So now Brooke had come and she offered Savannah $20 to help her with a sewing project. So she was basically, she said that she was sewing this dress and she needed a model for it so she could like do the final whatever one does when they sew things to it. Um, But essentially she needed, she just needed someone to like try it on so she could see if it worked. And um, she said that she would, again, give uh, I mean, Savannah 20 bucks. I mean, with eight month, being eight months pregnant? Yeah, it's a little sketch all from the beginning. But, uh, like, um, I mean, that's so nice yeah. that you want me to model. <laughs> yeah, but, like, so the thing about it is, one, Savannah is a great person and wanted to help someone out. But, two, also she had a baby on the way. So 20 bucks is, I mean, de- yeah. is money. And so a quick, easy money, quick, right? Quick, easy. You're just standing there. Yeah. And, like, she didn't know Brooke well, but, like, she had seen her in passing. Like, she knew of her. They, there was only, like, seven different units, I think, in this apartment complex. So, like, she knew of her. Like, right. it wasn't a complete stranger. So Savannah agrees to do this. Right. Now, we're going to just take a second and talk about Savannah's updoor up- – Updoor? What the Updoor. fuck is going on? So we're going to fast forward through the 20 minutes that we spent talking to the dog Sue Furbo. Okay. Back to the, back to our recently scheduled program. <laughs> okay. So I do want to take a second and talk about Savannah's upstairs neighbors uh, for just a second. Updoor? Updoor neighbors. So Brooke Cruz, who was 38, and her boyfriend, William Hohen. Honan? William, he be hoeing. <laughs> Honing? I don't know. William, um, who was 32, lived right above the Greywoods. Now, the couple had been dating for about three years, and they lived in the apartment for about a year and a half at this point. Mm-hmm. Now, although these two had been dating for a while, it was not a great relationship, to say the least. Uh, they were known for having, like, absolute, like, explosive, like, ball-out fights. So they were known for having such bad fights that it would actually shake the ceilings of the people that lived below them. How humiliating. Yeah. And how like, just awful. But toxic. Toxic for the entire unit. Yes. Like the, the entire, entire apartment complex. complex. I bet they didn't fucking care. I bet they did not even I'm sure they did shit. it. But I'm like, I'm trying to think of myself Putting and yourself like in my situation. past. Like I would yeah. be fucking humiliated. Yeah. A normal person would. But these two are shitbags and we don't like them. So. Okay, cool. So... Again, the other residents of the apartment complex, they reported hearing them fight constantly, like screaming through the walls at all times of the night, during the day. It didn't matter. They just fought constantly. Wow. Um, the fights got so bad that the police were called often, and William actually pled guilty to assaulting Brooke when he threw her into a bathtub. Yeah. Now, Excuse me, what? I know. And so now this isn't the only time that these two would get in trouble with the law or the police would be called. Well, shocker. Yeah. So Brooke actually had seven. I'm going to repeat that again. Seven children. And William had two kids. And all of these were from previous previous relationships. They didn't have any together. So all nine lived in the the apartment? No, they weren't involved in any of their lives. What? Yeah. So, um... So she was the mother of the year. And yeah. She was the oh, father of the year. It gets so much better. So like Brooke, one of Brooke's children actually sued her for child support. <gasps> yeah. 
And then William was actually charged because he brought his infant son, infant son, into the ER with a fractured skull. And they, like the medical experts, doctors, um, police, whoever was involved in this, determined that there is absolutely no way that that injury could have been done accidentally and that someone did this to this child. And William was charged. And of course he's with it, sh- as he child fucking abuse. should be. Yeah, absolutely. And this is the most like frustrating part of all of this. He got fucking two years, no, one year in prison and two years of probation. And that's it. That's failing that kid. Exactly. The whole system just failed that kid. Exactly. Now, the only good thing to come out of that is there was an order of protection against, like William wasn't allowed to see this child. Um, which but did is that good. stop him? Yes. Okay, good. Thankfully. Because most um, of the time it won't. Right. And he's just a dirtbag human being. And I think that order was actually dropped. But, like, he just wasn't involved in this kid's life anymore. Thankfully. Because, fucking A, he shouldn't be. He's a piece of shit human being. That made me so angry. Just yeah. Then. That's what I'm saying. They're fucking terrible pieces of shit. Scumbag of the earth. Douche canoes. So, again, Savannah agrees to help out Brooke. Um with this project before leaving she got a pizza for lunch for the family to share and she texted her mom and Ashton letting them know that she was going out to help Brooke yep which is you know their neighbors mm-hmm. um Savannah's mom and Ashton both respond to her text but neither get a reply when Savannah's mom returned to the apartment she noticed that the pizza was still on the counter untouched and now very cold which I would still fucking eat it absolutely I would I mean <laughs> no question I would eat that shit yeah um, she also noticed that Savannah's purse was still on the kitchen counter and her car was parked outside, which, I mean, that's not too abnormal if you're just going upstairs to get him to dress. Yeah, well, so by this time, though, she should have been back. Like, that was the alarming thing. This was like... A- I mean, what if Brooke just, like, started from scratch? Yeah. Yeah. I Yeah. Coming from someone that doesn't know, like, anything about this case, like... Yeah. It doesn't bring... I mean, I know because you know, you know what happens. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, that's not very alarming to me if, like, her Yeah, so purse, I think. She's, I mean, she's still in the apartment complex. So. Right. So I think those were just the first things that made her, like, think, like, oh, wow, I'm surprised she's not back yet. And then she does actually go up to, like, she wasn't responding to any of her, like, phone calls and texts. Right. She came home. She saw that the pizza wasn't, like, she hadn't eaten any of the pizza. Her car was still there. So, to your point, that's what made her believe that she was still in the apartment complex, and that's when she actually does go up to, yeah. But also, she was late to taking her brother to work, so her mom took him instead. Yeah. So, that was also the alarming factor. Yeah. By the time she got back, Savannah still wasn't there, and she wasn't responding to texts, answering phone calls. By 4 p.m., her mom was so worried she went to the um, Brooke's apartment yep. to see if Savannah was still there. Exactly. However, Brooke told her that Savannah had left around 2.45 that afternoon. So yep. where the fuck was Savannah? Exactly. So that's where why it became so alarming that her, like, the pizza wasn't touched, her car was still there, like, if she wasn't at Brooke's apartment, where the that fuck makes, was she? Yeah, that makes yeah. more sense. But I yeah. just, yeah, it's just. Ugh. It was bad writing. On my part. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. (laughs) Yeah. It wasn't, no. But. I'm not not negating you. Yeah. So then by 4.30, Savannah's mom, she just like knew like in her gut that something was wrong. Like she hadn't seen her daughter now for how long? To your point, like 
or what we just talked about. She wasn't at Brooke's apartment. She had like the mom's instincts. Like, yes. I mean, my mother, if the pizza wasn't touched, I'm dead. <laughs> she knew. I'm dead. <laughs> yeah. The pizza yep. was not touched. Fuck my purse. Fuck my car. If the pizza was not touched at all and it was cold, I'm dead. Yep. She's going to call like the police right then and file a missing person missing person yeah. or death report yeah right so but savannah's mom again that that's what she did um she called the fargo police to report her daughter missing so the police arrived at the apartment complex at around 5 p.m so about approximately 30 minutes after this call was made and after talking to savannah's mom they immediately started to suspect brooke and william because that's the last person that's the last that, person that's seen her alive exactly and so they actually go and they search brooke and william's apartment that like that day Mm -hmm. so they go through there but they didn't just search it once they searched it twice so they searched it on the day that she went missing and then they searched it which was august 19th and then they searched it again on august 20th and they found nothing now but i mean given (coughs) the time period i mean brooke had a lot i mean she had time to get rid of whatever so this is where this case gets really like wild yeah so, again, we're going to go into the details of this case. Um, so what happened to Savannah after she entered Brooke's apartment. Again, this is the last time I'm going to give you a trigger warning on this. This is quite gruesome. Um, Do you think I can handle this? Yeah. Okay. We're going to be as gentle as possible when we tell you the details about it. But you also need to know what these scumbags did. Um, and her story needs to be told. So, again, if, you, if this isn't your cup of tea, maybe fast forward like four minutes. So after Savannah, again, she was going to help her with a sewing project. After she entered the apartment, Brooke actually started a fight with Savannah, um, saying that she was like abusing cats or something, which is one, just fucking weird. But Brooke was like a, I mean, excuse me, Savannah was like a huge animal lover. So like, there's absolutely no way. So Savannah's like, wait, what the fuck? And so confused at this. It's just a way for Brooke to start shit with Savannah and get her like, like weirded out. And anyways, so this what was fight that start- tactic just like I, intimidating her she's, or just like conning catcher out guard like like off, off guard. guard i think a co- probably a combination of both so catching her off guard being like into i think you're right i think it's more intimidating and like trying to like buck up to her if yeah. you will um so this fight somehow like escalates and brooke actually goes and like attacks savannah and like pushes her savannah stumbles falls back hits her head and is knocked unconscious what yeah. did she hit her head on? So they were actually in the bathroom at this point um, during the fight, and she hit it on the sink. Okay. Yeah. Once Savannah is unconscious, Brooke goes into the kitchen, grabs a knife, oh my God. comes back, cuts Savannah's mm. abdomen completely open from hip to hip, pulls out her child mm. that it, she is eight months pregnant with, and performs this god-awful... I don't even want to say C-section, but C-section. Yes, um, Syrian. Caesarean section. Yeah, on her, right? So this is giving me like Manson family vibes. Yeah, so mind you, Savannah's alive during all of this. Like I hope hope to God she was unconscious still, but she is absolutely still alive during this process. So Brooke takes the baby and she does start caring For those of you listening on audio, those are air quotes, caring for the baby. And meanwhile, Savannah is just bleeding to death in the background. Oh, my God. And just, like, she's bleeding on her her fucking floor, and she's just ignoring this. 
So at this point, William comes home and sees Savannah laying in like her own like pool of blood. And his response is, is she dead? Not like, not shocked at all of the scene that he just walked in on. His first fucking response is, is she dead? And fucking Brooke says, this, like holding the baby is like, this is our baby now. This is our family. And he says, is she dead? Referring to Savannah. Not shocked at all. Which leads me to believe that he absolutely knew that this oh, was going to yeah. happen. He knew this was going to happen. Yeah. They had definitely planned this. Right. Which will come up later in this story. So again, Savannah was actually alive when William walked in. And so it's reported that William goes and gets some rope and proceeds to strangle her to death. And states, if she wasn't dead before, she is now. Allegedly. Now, it's a lot of people believe that William didn't actually do this and that um, Brooke was the one to strangle her. And this will come up later in the story, too. It's really unknown. It's just these two fucking scumbag Where human beings. Where is their beings. rage coming from? I yeah. don't, like, I the don't motive. understand. Yeah, so we'll get into that in a little bit. But the fury that you're feeling right now, keep that. Because it just gets worse. And these people are fucking horrible human beings. I think the worst part about all of this is when all of this is going on, Savannah's family is right below. Oh, my God. Why this is happening. Yeah. It's like right below. And I'm not saying by any means that they should feel this way. But I know if that was a family member of mine, there's no way that I wouldn't feel guilty and think, is there something I could have done? Right. Could I? Like, did I hear? her mom because she, she knew off the bat something was wrong. Yeah. Like, Savannah was already dead at that point where she came. But like, it's just that like, I'm again, not saying that they should feel this way, but I just, if I put myself in their shoes, there's no way that I wouldn't feel guilt right. about it. And I just, that Which makes my so heart awful break. because, I mean, you have nothing to do with it. No. These fuck bags, yes. scum of the earth, did this to a pregnant woman that had her whole life in front of her. I know. There's, there's not a worse place than that. Like, they deserve a whole, they deserve the lowest level of hell. Absolutely. Lower than low. Lower than low. Ugh. So after they kill Savannah, they stuff her body into a bathroom closet, which is where her body was the first time police um, searched their apartment. Yeah, because remember, the police searched their apartment twice. So the first time, like they were. Well, they didn't search very thoroughly. Exactly. Is that not so frustrating? And there was a fucking baby. Two. Where was the baby during this? They like hid it under blankets. Like put a bunch of blankets on top I of mean, it. I mean, good for the, that's a very good baby. I, that's what I was saying is like, how did this baby not make noise? Did the police just also, do such a Also, that baby had to be a preemie. It was like four pounds. Like. Like eight ounces or something like that. I, I, definitely four pounds. I know it was four pounds. God. But, yeah. But after the police leave, they move her body into a dresser and wrap her in plastic. This is where her body was the second time police searched and found nothing. Yeah. So legitimately, these fucking police police officers go into this apartment complex or this apartment twice and where this woman is and the baby is and they find nothing. Yeah, that's sus. Yeah, right? What it's just were you such looking, shoddy. Did you police. just do like a um, look through? So what they said is like if we had, had known we were looking for a dead body, we would have done something different. But we were looking for someone that was alive. Uh, shouldn't you be looking for both, bitch? 
I mean, she's missing, so yeah, you can't you just, just automatically think that something you happened. To, yes, exactly. And you knew exactly where she was last. Like, you're not going to even open up a fucking bathroom closet door. That's, that's some. That's some lazy fucking police. work. It is. It's at. It's awful. Ugh. Lazy fucking police work. After the police leave for the second time on August 20th, Brooke and William removed the dresser with Savannah's body still in it, loaded it up in their car, and then proceeded to dump her body into the Red River. Yeah. (sighs) Now, after this, um, they just go about their lives again, and William's done. I mean, why shouldn't they? Because they have no soul, and... um, They got away with it. That was like an everyday occurrence, apparently. Like, the police had been there twice, hadn't found anything. Like, they were scot-free. We have a new kid. Yeah, exactly. So, thankfully, though, William's dumbass uh, keeps talking about this baby um, (laughs) that they're taking care of. He keeps talking about it at work. And so, again... We're really glad he did because this gave police enough ammunition and evidence to actually get like a full blown out search warrant for their apartment. I know. Finally, you do something. You had some urgency. Right? So uh, police execute the search warrant. They walk into the apartment and they find Brooke sitting on the bed and a little baby girl laying next to her. Okay, we're going to have to do five big gulps right now. (laughs) Okay. Okay, ready? One, two, three. Let's go. Cheers. Well, that was good. Um, I needed that. Okay. So, just going to let you guys know, like, this is, the baby was healthy and fine. Good. Um, that's right. Like, seriously. one silver like, lining some in this bright part of the story. Yeah. So, the baby was completely healthy. Um, she was completely fine. And this is her. She's by some miracle. Cute. I know. Is Does she, she's so adorable. Like, Super cute. Look at, hold on, look at this. Oh, oh she looks exactly like Savannah. Is that not so fucking adorable? Aww. I know. Okay, so, and after DNA tests, which took three weeks, by the way. You meant Dunna? Dunna, yeah, after a Dunna test, <laughs> um, which took three weeks, by the way. Um, yeah, because, I mean, it, it really does take a long time, but uh, the baby was returned to Ashton, Aww. which she got to go back to her dad. And he named her Hazley Joe, and that's the name that Savannah and him had picked up before Savannah's death. So they picked this name out together. And that's she's beautiful. I know. And she's so cute. Well, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see pictures um, of her. And we were just talking about it, but she looks exactly like her mom. Like, it's – That's so beautiful. It's amazing. Um, So no shocker here. Well, actually, kind of shocker because these police suck in this case. But police <laughs> do uh, arrest Brooke and William, and then – Three days after the baby was found, so after Hazley was found, um, her mom's body was found. So the question on everyone's mind was, what the fuck did these monsters do? And why did they do this? Yeah. Why? Why the fuck did they do this? Was it racially motivated? Was it motivation to get that baby? Was it... Are they just sick freaks? Are they... Was it just happenstance and she decided to capitalize on it? I have no idea. But according to Brooke, Savannah had come to Brooke and asked, how do you induce early childbirth? No, the fuck she didn't. (laughs) She then said that Savannah came back in the middle of the night with a baby and asked, what, what? 
So she said that Savannah had come back to Brooke's apartment in the middle of the night, knocked on the door with a baby in hand and had given it to Brooke and said, will you take the child and raise it? Yes. So the the girl that's 22 and has her shit together, let's give it to the woman upstairs that has a toxic relationship with her current boyfriend and has seven other kids that she doesn't, doesn't have any relationship with. Right. Let's give it to her. Why oh, not? Exactly. That makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. Why, yeah, that, what are you talking about? That sounds so much like what Savannah would do. Fuck so, off. God bless. Get the fuck out of here, okay? So this is Brooke's first version of the story. During her trial, she stated that she, um, what had really happened, what really happened was. Yeah, see what had happened was. That she lied to William and told him she was pregnant. Yeah. And, which she wasn't. (laughs) No shocker there. Because he desperately wanted a baby, even though he already had two, and that, I mean, he was already abusive to one of them. Like, he was abusive to the kids that he had. Right. And he was abusive to them and, you know, wasn't in their lives at all. And she thought, you know, this baby would make him happy and save their relationship. Honey, nothing can save that relationship. No, get out. to move on. She said months later during a fight with William confessed that he knew she was lying about the pregnancy and the whole time that he demanded that they produced a baby for him. What the fuck? demanded that she produce a baby for him. What the fuck? Do you want me to just like pop it out of thin air? Mm. No, I'm not going to say that. What in the actual fuck is wrong with these two people? Seriously, though, like what is wrong with it? Demand that she like conjure up this baby for him because she had lied about being pregnant and now he wants a baby. Yeah. Uh, So (laughs) back to the case. Yeah. On December 11, 2017, Brooke pleaded guilty to charges of conspiracy to commit murder. Conspiracy to committing uh, kidnapping and lying to the police. She read a statement to the court saying there is no excuse. Yeah, no shit. There is no rationalization. Further, yeah, no shit. Fuck off. There is nothing. My actions devastated a family and shocked the community that I called home. Good. I mean, (laughs) I have no words. And that's like very abnormal for me. She is awful. On February 2nd, which is one day before my birthday, on... 2018, Brooke was sentenced to life in prison without the chance of parole. Good. You deserve it. Bye. Bye, bitch. Bye. So then on September 4th of 2018, William pled guilty to conspiracy to commit kidnapping and lying to the police. Now, he was actually also charged with conspiracy to commit murder, but he pled not guilty to this charge. Didn't he murder her? So that's, again, why... That was so important. Some people believe Brooke did it. Some said he did it. Like, this becomes, I mean, this is the hallmark of his sentencing. So, he was tried, and this asshole was fucking acquitted of this charge. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm not kidding you. On September 28th of 2018. So, just wait. Don't read this. Okay. Okay. I'm not. not So, he was originally sentenced to life in prison, but he appealed this, and it was actually fucking overturned by the North Dakota Supreme Court in October of 2019. And he was resentenced to only 20 years in prison. With time served. Like, he got time served during this. So, okay. So, obviously, that should piss you off if it doesn't get the fuck off this channel. So, what? Okay. I'm just whether he shock. killed, Yeah. Whether he was the one that actually killed Savannah or not, he was fucking there. So, let's hypothetically say that Brooke was the one that actually killed 
her. Right. He, he was, was fucking there was and he could have stopped and it. And didn't do anything. He, and he probably would do something like this again. Exactly. He would just be an accomplice to something horrible. Yeah. Again. So you're putting someone out there sooner out in the community that knows he's never going to change. This fucking and asshole. And he's a hindrance to the community. This asshole will walk amongst us again. He will be out in less than 20 years. And he was only 32 at the time. <sighs> again. Regardless of whether he did it or not, he was still an accomplice and that makes him just as guilty. He could have fucking just stopped. Just as guilty. He could have stopped this. This um, is horrible. Makes my blood fucking boil. Like, absolutely. So, now there is some, there is some light that came out of it. I hate to say it that way, but like, there is some good that came out of it because of Savannah's Law. friends and family. Yeah, and what will become Savannah's act. So as a result of Savannah's brutal murder, Savannah's act was signed into law on October 10th, 2020 by President Trump. (laughs) The law is meant to improve tribal access to federal crime information databases and create standardized protocols for responding to cases of missing and murdered Native American women. Yes. So this is a light in the tragic case. Also, Savannah's case was solved and people were brought to justice. But in so many murders of indigenous women, no one is held responsible and they go unsolved. That's it, awful. It's I mean, it's an epidemic. It is reported that over 134 bodies of indigenous women have been found in the Red, um, found in in the the red, red River yeah. where Savannah's body was found. Yeah. I mean, if this is a known dumping ground, which is terrible to say in in general known dumping ground yeah. this is a known dumping ground for women to be tossed into after they're dead why don't we have security around this yeah so it's a really long it's like over 500 miles so it's it doesn't matter like even if you know this is a known thing and this is an epidemic why isn't there more people like yeah. police why isn't more security on this at least give cameras around this because no one knows because they're the but people aren't talking about this. Town knows. Yeah, yeah. But so there is a prep. So when it comes North to North Dakota this, Supreme Court, fucking knows. So I completely agree with you. But there is what makes it a little difficult, and not an excuse. I'm just saying no, what I happens. Know you're There's trying to get different yeah. jur- jurisdictions because you have the reservation police, and then you have the city police. Right. And the like. That's why Savannah's Act is so important. It's basically forcing all these police to work together and share the same information. Because before, they didn't have that. So that's why Savannah's Act so is so important. So since this act is in force, why aren't we having this happen then? Why aren't we having this um, collective communication? Why aren't we having more surveillance at this known dumping ground in the Red River? Yeah. Why isn't... Why aren't they doing more? These are, Why isn't the reservation police doing more? At least on their jurisdiction, you could have something. And they might be. They might be. We just don't know that. They might be doing it. But again, this is a over a 500-mile stretch river, like stretch of land or a stretch of water. <laughs> and there's, um, there's yeah. another case that I want to cover because there are five missing women right now um, in a span of like, I want to say two weeks Yeah, that have been missing um, that are indigenous indigenous women and no one's talking about it that's the thing is like no one's talking about it it's not it is astounding the violence against these women and no one is talking about this more I know it is and honestly I'm not gonna lie I did not know 
I like I had heard people talk about it a little bit, but I did not know until I started researching this case because no like big name national media sources are not talking enough about this. And this is why I did a deep dive into indigenous, into transgender yeah. um, murders that are happening, not being covered at all. Yep. So it leads us to, so what can we do to help? What can we do? Yeah. So there's quite a few things and we'll link it all below. Um, but one of the first and foremost, educate yourself on it. Educate yourself. Go onto Google and go and freaking look at all these websites that have all this information. Um, there's tons of them out there. And one of the ones that I found that I really liked was, uh, it's called um, NIWRC.org. And it's the National Indigenous Women's Resource Center. And so you can actually go there and you can donate as well. And I know not everyone's in the position where they can donate, but you can share these stories. Right. You can talk about it. You can educate yourselves. You can, anytime that there's a missing woman, and that's the problem is a lot of them don't go missing. Um, they have organizations or like, they actually have like um, walks where they go and walk the Red River to, and it's terrifying, but it's because they're looking for bodies. Because they're, they're looking, looking for women that yeah, have been dumb. exactly. Which is horrible I know and so there's a lot of things that you can do we're gonna put it all below um to where you can look at it but I would say first and foremost our first like call to action is go educate yourself on this mm-hmm. go talk to it talk even even just and talking even to your friend even if there's a subject that's kind of linked to um these indigenous women and um other cases please call us out on this we want to educate ourselves a little bit more on this pan not pandemic but epidemic, epidemic. yeah, yeah. Yeah, send them our way. We'll cover them. Um, you know, just even though we're a small channel, we're hoping to get at least someone hears like their stories. Yeah, exactly. We to your point, we are a small channel, but we still have people that listen to it, and they might be that one person that can help do something right. with one of these. You know, you never know. And so, yeah. With that being said, please look at the show notes below. Um, look at all the links that we have put below, and help in any way that you can. Right. So. Yeah. With that being said, that is the case. It was a very hard and gruesome case. Yeah. But there was, again, some light at the end of the tunnel with Hazley Joe um, being She's born and healthy. Too. She's living with her father. And the second thing is that Savannah's Act was passed into law. So I hope that these two scumbags of the earth never walk the streets that we walk again. But William, there's a potential that he could. Um, I don't know, maybe natural causes cause him to die in prison, you know, but whatever. I don't wish that's karma. Yeah. Karma will always, um, prevail. She is a bitch and she will always claim her victims. Yeah. So, but with that being said, if you liked it, um, please like comment, subscribe, all the fucking things to help your girls out. And if you want to, um, learn more about us, you can always go to our Instagram at drunken true crime dot not dot com. (laughs) Um, <laughs> on Instagram at Drunken True Crime. If you want to um, show your girls some love, tell us how beautiful we are and how smart and talented we are at this. Um, always comment on or go to gmail.com at drunkentruecrime at gmail.com yep. or recommend a case. Yes. We're always open to that. Yes, please, please, please recommend cases to us. Um, so with that being said, though, be, be a bitch and stay alive. alive. Cheers. Cheers. Woo. Lord.